This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. Your host, Mary Jo Tate, is an international book editor, the homeschooling mom of four boys, and the author of Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Mary Jo loves to help moms find peace, order, and balance by sharing practical tips, inspiration, and encouragement. Visit her website at flourishathome.com. And now, here's your host, Mary Jo Tate. Hi, I'm Mary Jo Tate. Welcome to the Flourish at Home show. In our last two episodes, we've been talking about my Freedom Toolbox, seven tools for making the most of our time so that we can live balanced, peaceful lives. These are the tools. Focus, reflect, educate, eliminate, discipline, organize, and multitask. So far, we've looked at focus, reflect, and educate. Today, we'll look at the fourth tool, eliminate. You probably have already figured out that you can't do it all. The hard truth is no one can do it all. We simply have to be selective. To make time to focus on what's important, you have to eliminate anything that doesn't fit your goals and priorities. What do we have to eliminate? Well, we can get rid of counterproductive mindsets, including the ways that we think about time. We can eliminate bad attitudes, fear, perfectionism, negativity, self-righteousness, false guilt. We can eliminate stuff, the clutter that gets in our way and hinders us from getting done what we need to get done. And in this episode, we're going to focus on eliminating activities. You can eliminate activities by never beginning them in the first place or by stopping them if you're already involved in them. Often, if something can't be eliminated altogether, someone else can do it instead of you. What's the most important rule to remember about eliminating activities? Just say no. Saying no can be very challenging because we don't want to let people down. But not everything that needs to be done is something that you need to do. You're not indispensable, except perhaps to your family. To decide when to say yes and when to say no, here are some things to remember. Be honest with yourself about your motivations. Are you saying yes out of a false sense of obligation or maybe out of a desire for glory? Remember your focus and your priorities. And especially remember that saying yes to one thing means saying no to everything else at the same time. Opportunity does not equal obligation. If we say yes to every opportunity that comes our way, we'll end up saying no to our priorities and goals that we've already set. Here are a few examples. One day I had an opportunity to say no twice in 10 minutes. A friend called and asked me to teach a poetry class for a girls' activity group. I really love teaching a weekly literature class to high schoolers in my own homeschool co-op group, but teaching an extra class to another group didn't fit with my priorities. She could find someone else to teach poetry, or she could teach another subject herself, so I said no without feeling guilty about it. As soon as I hung up the phone, it rang again with a call from another friend who was going to be in town having her tires rotated. She had a couple of hours to kill, and she wanted to hang out together. Well, I had a call with a client at the very time she wanted to get together, so it was easy to say no. 
Even if I hadn't had a time-specific conflict, though, I had a very busy day planned, so it wouldn't have been wise for me to say yes. Now, of course, if she had had an emergency and had been stranded on the roadside, I would have found a way to go get her. But she could occupy her time while she waited for her tires with a magazine, a book, or her phone. Now, spending time with friends is important to me, and another time I would gladly have gotten together with her, especially if we had planned in advance at a time that worked for both of us. Looking back at this, I now realize that I felt more comfortable saying no because I had a specific time conflict, a coaching call, than I would have if I had simply had a very busy day. To be true to what I'm telling you, I should have been able to say just as comfortably, I'm sorry I can't help, I'm not free today, but I'd love to get together another time. I'm still working on learning this. In addition to saying no to new opportunities, Consider what you are already doing that you may need to stop. Most of us have a to-do list, but we also need a stop-doing list. This is one of my seven planning tools. I first got the idea of a stop-doing list from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. He did a five-year study of companies that shifted from being good companies to being great companies. One of the things that he found was that companies which moved from good to great did not focus principally on what to do to become great. They focused equally on what not to do and what to stop doing. Implementing a stop doing list was one of the keys to growing my own business. One year I doubled my income and won a business growth contest. And to do that, I cut out several of my least profitable businesses, including some things that I really enjoyed but that were not the best use of my time. Eliminating these, putting them on my stop doing list, freed my time and energy for more important work. Now, I've been teaching and writing about this principle for eight or nine years, but I'm still learning. Just a couple of years ago, I came back from a mastermind planning retreat where I had stated my intention to start saying no to more things and specifically to stop doing a couple of current obligations. And the response to these two things that I stopped doing was really uh, instructive and humbling. One of them was a Facebook group for business. There were four other admins, and I really enjoyed working with them, but it was just consuming too much of my time, so I told them that I was going to have to stop being an admin, though I would still participate in the group. Well, one of them wrote to me and begged me to come back, so it was really hard to make my no stick, but I knew I had to stop doing that so I could focus on more important things for my own business. At the same time, I emailed my resignation to a local committee of about nine people where one other mom and I had been doing nearly all the work between the two of us. I had thought that I was pretty indispensable to that group, and I figured that they would be really sorry to see me go. So it was very humbling when nobody even replied to my email, not even to acknowledge that they had received it. It was really a good reminder that we really aren't as indispensable as we think we are and that other people can do the work sometimes when we need to get out of the way to let them have the freedom to work on it themselves. So don't be afraid to stop doing things that you're already doing in order to focus on what's more important to you and your goals and your family. In addition to stopping and saying no to things, you can also delegate or outsource. Delegating and outsourcing are two ways to accomplish the same goal, getting someone else to do a task instead of you, so that you can focus on your priorities. For example, here are some things that you can delegate. 
You can delegate housework, laundry, or cooking to your older children and start training them young, and you may be able to delegate early. You can delegate part of your children's education to homeschool co-ops. You can delegate some of your work to techno servants like answering machine and voicemail that can help you avoid interruptions. Outsourcing goes a step beyond delegating by paying other people to do specific tasks. These might include lawn care, house cleaning, piano lessons, math tutoring, or running errands. If you have a business, think about the hourly value of your own time. Many tasks can be outsourced for less so that you can concentrate on creative and income-producing activities. For example, you can outsource processing and shipping orders, duplicating audio CDs, accounting, keyword research, website design, and much more. Now, another thing that we need to eliminate is interruptions. Pretty soon I'll be doing a whole episode on eliminating interruptions, but today I want to focus on our attitude toward interruptions as part of this whole idea of eliminating and saying no to things, because it can be really hard to decide in the spur of the moment how we should respond to an interruption. I love this reminder from Elizabeth Elliot, who's one of my favorite writers. She said, if we really have too much to do, there are some items on the agenda which God did not put there. Let us submit the list to him and ask him to indicate which items we must delete. There's always time to do the will of God. If we are too busy to do that, we are too busy. Frankly, sometimes interruptions just happen despite our best laid plans. Pray for discernment to know how to respond to each situation. Sometimes the appropriate response is to ignore an interruption and continue the task at hand. At other times, an interruption is a signal to be sensitive to God's timing and an opportunity to serve someone who really needs you. C.S. Lewis said, What one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. Now, I love this reminder of how God's providence applies to interruptions. This is from an English nun named Janet Erskine Stewart, and this is her assistant's explanation of how she responded to interruptions. She delighted in seeing her plan upset by unexpected events, saying it gave her great comfort, and that she looked on such things as an assurance that God was watching over her stewardship, was securing the accomplishment of his will, and working out his own designs. Whether she traced the secondary causes to the prayer of a child, the imperfection of an individual, to obstacles arising from misunderstandings, or to interference of outside agencies, she was joyfully and gracefully ready to recognize the indication of God's ruling hand and to allow herself to be guided by it. Isn't that a wonderful attitude? She was joyfully and gracefully ready to recognize God's ruling hand and be guided by it. So I encourage you to be sensitive to God's leading, not only in eliminating current activities and opportunities, but also in deciding how to respond to interruptions. Learn to be flexible when needed, and always be prayerful for guidance. If you struggle with eliminating less important things so that you can focus on your priorities, you'll find many more practical strategies in my book, Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms, It's available at several online retailers and also through my website at flourishathome.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the Flourish at Home show. Thanks for tuning in to the Flourish at Home show. For more encouragement, visit Mary Jo at flourishathome.com. The Flourish at Home show is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.